The reading is taken from Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. A prophecy. The word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. And I have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You will see it with your own eyes and say, Great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, as we turn to your word now, we ask that you would open our eyes to see and our hearts to experience your love afresh for each one of us this morning. Amen. Well, as I say, we're starting this new series in Malachi. It's a very easy book to find. It's the last one in the Old Testament. Uh, so most of us know where the Gospels start with Matthew. So the book before that is Malachi. So very easy to find, more or less in the middle. And uh, there's uh, an unusual debate, or there is perhaps a usual debate about uh, the word Malachi. It means the messenger. So is this about the messenger? Or is this his name? I don't know, and frankly, I don't think it's that important. So we'll move on. We're going to talk about the source of our behaviour, how God relates to us. In a sense, it is foundational to what we believe and how we work in our daily lives. And I found that... um, sort of illustration of a building quite interesting. As I say, Marion and I were away last week. Uh, We were in a coastal town, uh, and usually by now it's all set up and it's gleaming, it's all freshly painted, uh, and the season is about to get underway. I have to say it was like a forest of scaffolding. And the forest of scaffolding is there partly because of COVID, because it's pushed everything back. So the place is not ready. It's a mess. And there are builders everywhere. Uh, And I don't doubt that over the next uh, few weeks those builders will have finished and they will have gone and the, the nice houses will be ready for occupation. But what would happen if they're not occupied for the whole season? Well, it's worth it, isn't it? We've done all that work. And then we're not going to occupy it. We're not going to use the facility that we have for the purpose for which it was intended. And that is a little bit like Malachi. We've got ourselves in a position where we have our temple, we have a safe environment, we have the people. We've just not got a spark of life. It's not come alive. We're not using it as we should. And we are beginning to get back into community. And we need to ask ourselves, what kind of community 
have we got? Now that's a community here, but it's also a community online. It is a, it's a, a, an appeal for those that can come back to come back, but it's also an appeal for those who need to stay at home to stay at home, but ref- understand what your community is. Where is it and how are you going to reach it? The book of Malachi is uh, a book of complaint, really. Uh, it's not lamentations, but it's similar. And you get a dialogue between God and the people, written by this one person, the prophet Malachi. God makes a statement, and then we see the phrase, but you ask, and then there's a complaint, and then God makes a response. Uh, And very often it is the phrase, the Lord Almighty says. So it's this repetition which... um, Malachi uses. It seems pretty clear that the people thought they'd been offered and promised a lot by Haggai and Zechariah and frankly it just hasn't happened. It has not come to pass. They returned for a new beginning, new hope. But there's no spark, there's no life. We thought we had a God of action and we're still a a second-rate nation, not even that really. A small backwater place. There's no blazing light, no hope. Surely God has forgotten all about us. So whatever community we have, where is our spark? What occupation, what foundation are we building upon? Well, the book opens, an oracle, that's a prophecy. The word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. So it's a prophecy, it's a word of God, foretelling or forthtelling. Either way, it's a prophecy and it's God speaking to the people of Israel. The people of Israel, his chosen people, that includes all disciples, that includes us. So Malachi is speaking to us. Malachi the messenger. So we come then to the foundational sentence or phrase in this whole book. Verse 2. I have loved you. I have loved you. And the same emphasis is then picked up after some of those complaints in chapter 3, verse 6, where it says, the Lord does not change. In other words, this love that you have and that I express for you is still the same. I still love you. This book is a book of love. So, I have loved you, says the Lord. And then that phrase that I've already mentioned but you ask. And it's one of those totally crass moments, isn't it? You've got God on one hand saying something and then the people are going to argue and you just put your head in your hands and you think, just don't say it, don't say it. Have you ever seen fools and horses taking down the chandelier? It's one of those moments, isn't it? And you just think, just don't do it. Please don't, oh, they've done it. But you ask, okay, when did you love me? Prove it. Go on, show me when you love me. And they're saying this to God. But I wonder if we actually have asked that same question. Have we felt abandoned? Has our faith ever been dry? 
Is God always there? Bad things happen. Where's God then? I'm thinking back to those people in Mariupol. Where was God? Where was God in that? Why did God let it happen? Where's God now? You can read the parish magazine for a very short answer on that, on uh, my letter on the first page. But equally to my earlier question, where was God in the pandemic? And now, as we're trying to get back to this sense of normality, who are we going to blame or who are we going to credit? Is this a brilliant stroke of genius from a scientist coming up with a vaccine? Or are we giving credit to God? Is it good fortune? Or is it God's loving intervention? Did we keep our spirits up because of the internet and the beauty of Zoom? Or how are we going to go forward and reconnect find that relationship again. Because what Malachi is addressing is a broken society and a society that needs to be put back together in community. And that community for Malachi was the temple as a place, but primarily the worship of God. So I suppose our question to ourselves over these last two years is what habits have we got into? Are they good ones? Are they the right ones? Or not? And if we look at the book of Malachi, what we see is that their focus on God has been lost. And as I said, both Nehemiah and Malachi address the same things. Their worship is lacklustre. It's frankly secondary. God comes second. When they bring sacrifices to him, they're the bits that were left over or the impure, the bits that were, frankly, they were a bit rubbish, so we don't mind giving those to God and we can have the good stuff. Their social conscience has broken down. There's lies, there's adultery, they're marrying whoever they want. They're not keeping themselves as a nation as God wanted. And God then responds. So he says, look, I've loved you. And they say, oh yeah, how? And God says, Do you remember Esau was Jacob's brother? Seems curious, doesn't it? What on earth does that mean? Actually, Brian, can we have that map back up? And I'll show you a little bit about what this means. Because God's response is to look at Jacob and Esau. You can see where the the arrow starts down at the bottom here is Jerusalem. So that's the centre And they have gone over to Babylon, which is to the east. And east of that, you can see it's the Persian Gulf and Persia, their saviours are beyond. But if you look below Jerusalem, you may not be able to read it, or you may. It says Edom. So they were the Edomites, south of Jerusalem. Okay, thanks, Brian. God loved them both, Jacob and Esau. Jacob he blessed, Esau he didn't. They were both sinners. 
They both fell short of the glory of God. We know that because all fall short of the glory of God. Jacob was forgiven. Esau was not. The descendants of Jacob were Israel. The descendants of uh, Esau were the Edomites. And they lived in Edom. So when we read here that the, um, the people of Edom will be crushed, they say they will rebuild their ruins. God says they may rebuild, but I'll demolish them. Because I have always loved Israel and I have always repressed the Edomites. This is the election of God, the choosing of God. God has chosen you, the Israelites, and he will keep that promise throughout history. Edom has been defeated and will not rise again. Trust in God and you will see his love even beyond the borders of Israel. So what do we learn? It's quite dramatic. It's dramatic language, isn't it? We find it possibly a little bit uncomfortable. I think it starts by redefining our focal point. In whom do we place our trust? Who do we love? And where is our community? Malachi is saying that God is a God of love and that love will never waver. A love that will not wane but a love that is real and needs relationship. Wherever you are, we cannot forget God. We need to be in a relationship. And what I, I thought was, I mean, Caroline was brilliant last week. But one thing she drew out for me in particular, she was talking about the restoration of Peter, if you remember, on the beach, those of you that were here. And Peter's guilt and shame melted away because Jesus kept talking about love and the sacrifice that he had made which was sufficient to restore Peter. Peter and Jesus needed to be in relationship. They needed each other. Jesus was leaving at the ascension and he needs Peter to proclaim that word for him. Peter was the community to fulfil that purpose. And Caroline asked a fascinating question. She said, why was it that Jesus only spoke about love? Why didn't he say, Peter, are you going to be faithful to me? Are you going to be dedicated to me? Are you going to be committed to me? Are you going to let me down again? Why did you let me down at all in the first place? But he doesn't ask any of those questions. He simply says, do you love me? Because out of love comes all of those things. Because if you love someone, you're faithful to them. You're, they're dependent on you, you're dependent on them. You're committed to them. You're looking out for their best interests. You have relationship because of love. So Jesus asked Peter about love. God here is saying to his people, I have loved you. Look back over your history. I've never stopped loving you. Why is it that you don't want that relationship with me? So we're beginning to reoccupy this building, this church. And thanks to Liz, to Christine, Marion and many others, we're beginning to occupy the vicarage as well as a threshold space. Bringing people back into our community 
so that we can have relationship with them. Bringing them back to the heart of worship. The worship which is not just singing, it's the throne of grace. God himself. So when I think about Ukraine, I think, what would I rebuild first? I need somewhere to live, but would I rebuild the church? Where's that going to come in my priority list? Am I going to go back to that church and worship God for bringing me back, for looking after me? Or am I going to lament for his absence, God's absence? Because God hasn't been absent. God is weeping as we weep. And as we emerge from our homes, where have we found our identity over these last two years? Because God has not left us. God will never leave us. He just wants relationship. And this country, you're quite right in your prayers, this whole country needs to shout out for God and come into a new relationship. A new relationship which is founded on love because out of love we will have honour and dedication to each other. We'll have support for each other. So that's what happens when we have our primary focus. Their primary focus had left the temple. They'd left their worship. They'd left community and were looking after themselves. And so their social uh, or their society had broken down. Now for those of us that are here physically, we can look after each other. It's difficult online, I know, it's difficult. And what I'm looking for is for you to tell me and help me as to how I can liaise with you online to bring you into community and into relationship. But at the same time, those who are online need to work out where their community is and how they can reach out. Now, I'm saying this badly. N.T. Wright, I'm pleased to say, says says it a lot better than me. He says most things. He says everything, frankly, better than me. Um, I was given a book, bless you. Thank you, Liz. Um, Which is, uh, it it was bought at New Wine. I won't tell you necessarily what it's called. It's written by a Canadian pastor. It's written during the pandemic. uh, And he says, look, for all that we've got, we're now back at church. We want to put in place everything at once. We want to work, work, work. We want all our systems back in place. We want all our groups back in place. And he said, just stop. First of all, let's concentrate on Jesus Christ. Let's concentrate on God. And then the work, the appropriate work, will follow thereafter. And that is what Malachi is saying. First of all, let's focus on God and his love. Sorry, let me come to empty right. That's really what I was going to say. And I need my, I need my glasses. It's in very small writing. Because it's the people of God who will make the difference in community. He says this, We need Christian people to work as healers. We need Christian people to work as healing judges and prison staff. 
as healing teachers and administrators, as healing shopkeepers and bankers, as healing musicians and artists, as healing writers and scientists, as healing diplomats and politicians. We need people who will hold on to Christ firmly with one hand and reach out with the other, with wit and skill and cheerfulness, with compassion and sorrow and tenderness to the places where our world is in pain. We need people who will use all their God-given skills to analyse where things have gone wrong, to come to the place of pain and to hold over the wound the only medicine which will really heal, which is the love of Christ made incarnate once more. Your smile and mine. Your tears and mine. Your patient analysis and mine. Your frustration and mine your joy and mine. Where is our community? And where is the need in that community? Because if we are really going to make a difference, we need to focus first on Jesus with one hand grasping firm to God, the Saviour of our lives, and then with the other to reach out with support and that same love and that same compassion. And bring people in. Bring people into relationship. Bring people into community. And over time, bring them into our buildings that we may show them our depth of hospitality and love. So I wonder this week if we're determined to walk forward holding God with one hand and our world with the other Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we first of all want to place you centre stage. We want to appreciate again your love for us. We want to appreciate again your throne of grace where you offer relationship. we want to be able to see with the vision that you've given us we want to see through your perspective the hurts, the wounds the needs and the pain in our world and upon it place our hand to express your love and your willingness to intercede to make us new to make this country new to make this community new because we love you let's just spend a moment of silence as we reflect and Liz can play in the background and then she's going to start a wonderful song King of Kings where we can praise God for all that God is all that he's done to, for us through Jesus his son and the life that we can live through the spirit and we ask that we may go out into our community to spread that love